I would like to talk today about coming to a ceremony, coming to a plan ceremony in more specific. First of all, what are the reasons for us to come for a ceremony? And well, usually we heard something about the medicine, we learned something about the plant medicine, we are feeling that it is something important for us, uh, and that it is calling if we have this attitude to be called for something, or it is um, something of benefit uh, to those who are important for us so that we know that it helped them in some way or other, or we just heard a couple of songs or chants over YouTube. On the other hand, we've got our own situation. We are realizing that we've got what we call usual suffering. Uh, we are confused in some ways, we are uh, sick in some ways, we have some illnesses that we need to treat and we cannot, we feel uh, being, being misled or burned out, lost in relationships, we experience loss of energy or we experience the consequences of a particular trauma, all of those are legitimate reasons for us to think about, okay, I perhaps need that. As well, we perhaps have some attitude towards that ceremony is like something else, something different. Uh, not the usual way we treat illnesses and confusions. We might look at this from this perspective and uh, rarely we know what it actually is. So I'd love to discuss this a little bit. And considering that many of those who are present would uh, be coming for a ceremonial journey, for a ceremonial workshop. It sort of answers most important things related to preparation. First of all, I need to say that feeling anxious about the medicine journey is completely okay. This is very much expected and uh, I will explain why. There is a reason why we call a medicine workshop a ceremony. It sort of positions it somewhat separately from a usual idea of psychedelic journey or healing encounter. It is really a ceremony and uh, there are valid reasons why we better use this word and understand it. First of all, contemporary Western mind is uh, usually largely ignorant about uh, what a ceremony is, primarily because there are not many points of reference. I mean, in our regular Westerners life, we don't usually encounter a ceremonial journey in the way that used to be widespread across most of the tribes and uh, most of the cultures that existed in various civilizations uh, that have populated our planet. Now there are not many that are left, but we still have this beneficial opportunity to learn from the traditions that keep the notion of healing ceremony, medicinal ceremony. Uh, it's perhaps better to explain what it is not to start off and then it shapes what it is. So first of all, it's not a psychedelic journey type of vacation. It's not an, a way to distract yourself from your usual life. Although, of course, we are dealing with an unusual process meaning that it's trance-driven, so we are definitely in a very particular state of mind. It's definitely what has uh, 
capacity to induce uh, visionary states and uh, fast-paced environment. So if anything, it's usually not boring. However, it can be boring. If we are dealing with uh, the sense of boredom, we might encounter that as well. But yet, we are not there for states. We are not there for illuminated, heightened, visionary states uh, per se. If you are looking for visionary states, uh, guess what? You go for Netflix and uh, that's going to create a great opportunity for you to dream awake or you read a good book if you're in the mood and that's definitely one of the most visionary experiences you can encounter by reading a text and uh, creating images in your head or you have a good sleep and uh, perhaps you have a much cheaper and faster opportunity to have a journey medicinal ceremony is definitely not a psychedelic journey from this perspective it can be dull it can be uninteresting and can be even tiresome you know but it serves its own purpose so it's definitely not a magical pill to cure something you encounter in your life and we are to some extent used to use pills for all different things like if you feel pain we would take perhaps ibuprofen or if you feel nausea we would take some pills to deal with that many of us know antidepressants and their action or whatever else and a medicinal ceremony a medicinal process is not that because while we are taking a pill to cure something we usually tend to come back to our regular patterns of thinking, of behaving, of acting. Uh, occasionally, a particular substance going to change that for a while, but traditional approach to what causes an sickness and illness is pretty much interrelated. The action of mind and the action of body, even though we might be uh, trying to fix something, we are not automaton we are not a mechanism that can be fixed by putting a screwdriver here or changing the code there a human experience is uh, way more complex and intertwined so from that perspective we should not really approach it as a magical tool to deal with our stuff as well even though uh, it's quite widespread in, in aboriginal cultures we better shouldn't treat it as a pill to cure our spiritual or psychic or even circumstantial existence it's not magic pill to make us a more lucky or more happy in general sense although we might be luckier and happier after the journey but uh, for a lasting result we better look into ourselves and this is where the real magic starts now it's not consciousness expansion so if you are not here in the business of expanding consciousness first of all it's really a wacky concept that consciousness can be expanded i mean that's a really weird starting point for many reasons uh, to think that we've got a limited consciousness and that it has to be expanded in some way and the other thing is uh, that the only thing that we can actually expand by thinking that way is our ego that is if unhealthy usually not really a good thing to expand bloating our ego can only be helpful if it is a provocative process of popping it once it's bloated 
So we better not do this. We better go into process in a more open-minded way, you know, not really putting a particular concept into the uh, equation. Finally, it's not a celebration of a new age or a new era or transcendence or transformation. It's not a process of lifting us up from the regular world into something different, like a portal that takes us from here to there. It can feel that way, but all states are temporary, really. And uh, whatever we experience throughout the medicinal journey is uh, definitely a temporary thing. Our mind usually plays tricks with us. And uh, if we are targeting ourselves towards leaving this unhappy place, leaving this place of suffering, uh, we sooner or later are going to come back. That doesn't really create less suffering after all. So keeping in mind that all states are temporary really helps us to understand that whatever we work on is ourselves. So a good attitude would be uh, to treat a medicinal process as an encounter with oneself and with others and with something larger than our own, own ego or persona. You might call it in all different words, whatever you like. Let's call it life with a capital L. And let's call it healing. Like Let's call it the mother of our existence, whatever you like. But the idea that we are just a part of a larger whole, we are interconnected, really helps us understand that to absorb this idea and uh, connect to it, we need to learn how to encounter oneself and others. Mm. The other way would be to treat as a meta event, like uh, we are considering that we are not really working on fixing stuff in our lives, be it illness, be it relationships, be it circumstances. But rather, we are revisiting, rearranging the way we relate to our circumstances, to our life, and to others. So we work on how we live our life, not on what are the circumstances for our life. Although, as an entry point, we, of course, start with observing the circumstances and uh, learning uh, what actually happens and trying to be honest. So being honest with oneself is very important. Being honest and being vulnerable is really easy in the, in the ceremonial context because, in a sense, uh, stripping off the usual patterns isn't that complicated considering that uh, you open to yourself rather than opening to others. And then connecting to the medicine and connecting to the field of healing allows uh, oneself to open without being exposed to the same. So you're vulnerable and naked, but uh, you are not threatened in any way. For that, one needs to develop trust towards the medicine and towards the journey and towards the facilitator. And of course, this is perhaps the most important prerequisite for any work of this kind. Now, it's very important to be prepared for a compassionate attitude towards others, because as a group, the healing work usually works better as it is a catalyst for compassionate attitude. And catalyzing compassionate attitude is an intentional process. So for that, we really need to keep ourselves open with regards to the existence of others and their peculiar situation, which is as peculiar as our own peculiar situation. In that sense, we are all human beings, but sitting in the same ceremony, we all share something. Not a story, but rather 
the intensity of work, of inner work. And compassionate attitude is very important because then it translates into compassionate action. And once it translates into compassionate action, it becomes part of this larger knowledge and discipline of connection that we have started with. Most importantly, perhaps, is to agree that old patterns of our mind and whatever comes next might and will cease if we intend to. That although there are habits, uh, nothing is permanent and our habits are not permanent. If we have intention to work with that, habits and patterns are going to cease. And specifically, this kind of medicine is very much about uh, rewiring the patterns once we have intention to do so. It's really hard to rewire patterns without a particular intention and definitely not in the business we are in. In healing business, we definitely point towards uh, collaboration, meaning that intention of the participant is what drives the intention and action of the facilitator and of the medicine as well. Now, however, having said that, it's quite important to be prepared for the unexpected. And uh, our uh, usual idea of what actually causes this suffering or that suffering might be very limited and, uh, unless we really dig deeper into that. And coming to that with an open mind and understanding that, okay, I don't know much about my own situation. Otherwise, I perhaps would, be, would have been able to resolve it by myself without any support. That really helps. A, it humbles us and our ego, and which is never a bad idea. And B, it uh, makes ourselves uh, a little bit more open, a little by little, uh, teaches us how to be more open and honest with ourselves once again. From this perspective, perhaps the process of the ceremony can be described as ceremonial container. And I love this metaphor of ceremonial container, even though it's a strange word container. But then let's put it that way. Ceremonial container from a very practical perspective means that it has a beginning and has an end. And uh, in Tibet, uh, they have this word bardo and bardo means temporary state or temporary process, like uh, there is a bardo of death, and there is a bardo of life, and there is a bardo of process between life and death, there is a bardo of sleep. Now, in our case, ceremony is as well a particular container, a particular uh, temporary existence, and uh, uh, what it actually means is that uh, it has a beginning and an end. We really start with something, we complete it with something, so we open it up and we complete it. It has a particular process inside that opens ourselves in a very particular manner, uh, creates a very different perception of our existence as compared to what we are used to. Having that particular uh, property, it resembles the cycle of life and death from the birth till the death and the process of rebirth as well. And it not only symbolically shapes uh, it that way, but as well practically, once we are encountering a particular tough situation, quite often it boils down to the existence that we have no simple rational explanation of, primarily because, say, in our early childhood, uh, our mind wasn't really dealing with the existence in the same way we are dealing with it in our adult life okay so we didn't have much critical thinking our perception was different yet we might have had 
traumas of a particular kind and uh, most of the stuff psychoanalysts would deal with would be perhaps related to what happened in childhood or would happen what would happen in the least phase of, of our life now what the medicine specifically ayahuasca works with being facilitated properly is going into this least consciously explored parts of our life of our existence and uh, this really opens up as a cycle of life and death so we might experience symbolic rebirth and symboling dying and it is very important for many reasons not everyone not every time but for some of us it's going to be a very illuminating experience very important and hardly replicable uh, with other means most of all it's very safe and uh, a very safe experience too having this holographic relation to the life and death in general the property of ceremony is reverence the ceremony is something set aside like set apart from our regular life it's a particular predefined process in itself that's why we call it sacred it's not profane not mundane it's sacred now in what sense uh in the sense of our relation to that if you revere and uh, feel the importance of connection towards the driving force of the ceremony, which is connection to the medicine itself, then we are definitely in the ceremony. So if we seed and incubate and uh, develop this relationship of being connected to the unseen, not to the substance, to the unseen, to the to what is behind this substance, to what is behind this process, at least we are open towards that and we come with respect then we definitely uh, shape the ceremony for us uh, for us in particular and again this can be a little bit unusual for our contemporary mind but it is very important in the ceremonial context not only we are connected to the medicine we are as well getting connected to the tradition or traditions that have given birth of uh, this line of work Again, traditions are important not because everything in the past is important. Uh, it isn't. It is not at the same time. But tradition is a particular pattern, and as a pattern of succession of continuation, uh, it has its own knowledge. It has its own meaning in the way that it can teach us how to learn how to develop this continuation in our own lives. And this allows us as well to build healthy relationships with our own past. And again, that's quite important in terms of understanding the roots of suffering and understanding how to de and develop a more healthy attitude towards our own life. Now, once again, the ceremonial container uh, really calls for being open-minded because we are encountering stuff that is unusual and that cannot be easily explained in our own rational interpretation. To some extent, our own rational interpretation might be exactly the cause for us to have issues. For a moment, we put it aside. And not that we are forgetting our rational mind, but we allow it to be at ease. We allow it to be more flexible and more playful, in a sense, more curious. Instead of fixed patterns and dogmatic interpretations, we better see a playful and curious approach to what's happening. And usually it really relaxes us way more than we would have expected. And while relaxed, we have less tensions. And while relaxed, we have more plasticity. As well, physiologically, neuroplasticity is the result of us being relaxed in some way.
This is all about ceremony. Now, considering the uh, preparation process, first of all, the good thing to prepare oneself for is to encounter one's, one's own state, and we, we can start with that pretty much early on, and we start with observation of our own state. Prior to the ceremony, once we have decided that it is actually something of importance for us, it's very important. We start observing our own state, emotions, thoughts, patterns of our actions, mind states, whatever it is, relationships. Well, intention in that case is what we encounter is an evolutionary flow in a sense. It's not our fixed idea of something, but it's rather what we need to work on in relation to our situation. So we observe our patterns and we look into that and we see that this actually becomes a point of contact with our intention. What we want to do with that? What is our will behind our situation? What we need to work on? The important part is that we relate to our situation as a union of the actor and the situation itself. So we are looking into what we are doing, what we are thinking, how we relate to the world around us and inside of, of ourselves, not to the circumstances themselves. In other words, usual intention would be to say, okay, I've got issues with my relationships. Okay, so I have issues uh, with my wife or my husband, and I don't know what to do. And uh, perhaps the, I need to work on my husband, like do something with that. Now, a better intention here would be, uh, I'm looking into what I experience in relation to my marital situation, to my husband, to my wife. In that sense, I am looking into my own patterns of mind, my own history, my own projections. And I am looking for help and support re discovering a more healthy approach towards all that. So you see, we are sort of taking on responsibility for our own actions. Now, while taking the responsibility, we allow ourselves not to repeat the same situation over and over again, not to be the victim. And that's very important to learn how not to be a victim. The other component, which is uh, what I usually tend to specify more precisely, is importance of preparatory dieta, of preparation. It's more than just food diet, although it definitely contains the nutrition. It's more like fasting in the religious context. So we try to live the plainest life possible. So plain, dull, not spicy, meaning plain food, no spices, plain interface to the outside world, less intensity in relationships, less intensity in news and information flows. The reason for that is for us to learn how to listen, because the less stimulus we bring into the equation, the more obvious it becomes what our reaction is. We sort of try to take ourselves out of the Luna Park, out of the roller coaster for a while, and just put us in front of the lake of our consciousness and stay there and observe what's happening. And this is very important because then starting to learn how to listen opens up the whole healing process. It's to some extent even more important than the ceremony itself, but it is beginning of the ceremony. Then it starts with this very listening process. So we allow ourselves to start listening. And this is what calls this plain life why we need it.
Now, this process usually brings up all sorts of anxieties, and that's very important as well to understand that a ceremonial preparation can bring up anxieties. Most of people who are coming for a journey like that uh, would have anxieties, and that's okay to be worried about stuff and to be worried and uh, to have fear. Yet, we need to look into that to understand what actually causes this fear. And then in some cases, it's just a self-regulation of the patterns we don't want anymore in our life. They bring up fears that, uh, oh, look, uh, I'm going to be extinguished and uh, I don't want to be extinguished as a pattern. And uh, this can create worry. Or, oh, look, you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, once you go into this process, you perhaps won't return the same person. Uh, or, oh, look, uh, it is so overwhelming. Perhaps uh, it is dangerous for us. Now, uh, it's very important to look into all that and uh, observe the emotional spectrum behind this uh, anxieties and worries. And uh, observe that not only it creates something bad, sort of labeled as an anxiety, but as well, it creates something of an opposite side of the same magnitude of awe and reverence. Mm, observe this awe and reverence towards the larger force of life is a capital L uh, that is sort of knocking on your door. So it's very important to understand that things going to float up to the surface during the preparation process. And that's why exactly this is the reason why we draw off the usual compensation tools we normally use for a while, uh, whatever they are, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever. Uh, we do not compensate in the same manner while we are preparing for the ceremony. Why? Because we wish to encounter what we are dealing with in its own pristine form. And then as well, practically, the compensation tools, they hope that they have their own toll. Then they become something we need to clean. And that's definitely not what you want to spend your time on. Finally, it's very important to understand that it never works up to the expectations. So whatever expectations you might have, you better keep it very flexible and light and uh, easy. It's really hard to expect something we never encountered in our life. Uh, so it's a very different thing. It's just different. It's easier and perhaps safer not to expect much, as well not to expect little, but just come open-minded, thinking that, okay, I've got my situation. I have trust towards medicine, trust towards facilitator. I'm going to try it, and we're going to see what it's going to help me with. It's very important to see this plant of respect and awe to be able to open up in that manner. Of course, make your checks. Check the facilitator, try to understand what he or she is dealing with, what state he or she is in, what tools he or she deploys, and uh, why he or she is doing what they're doing. Make your checks. Your trust is your responsibility, and you better make yourself prepared by going through your own checklist, understanding that it is a safe experience for you. So with that, I conclude. And if you've got any questions, perhaps the best time to ask me right now.